What is up, degenerates? It's week one. It's finally here. Football's back, baby. Yes, we're back. I'm here with my I'm here with my co-hosts tonight, uh, Ben Steffen and Diego Chahin, to uh, go over a few things leading up to Thursday night's game. Uh, some new news that popped up, and uh, we have our new segment with the uh, Harry Potter Chronicles. So. Without any further ado, Ben, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Uh, a little discombobulated with my setup here tonight, but uh, going pretty well. I uh, got my daughter off to her first day of senior kindergarten today. Um, had a nice productive day at work after uh, a busy Sunday and a holiday Monday. So, uh, yeah, just ready to go. Really excited for Thursday football. Um, get back to some points beyond the board in, uh, in Sleeper and ready to roll. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I saw the pictures that you had up, so hopefully she had a pretty good day after uh, the nerves and stuff went bye-bye. But uh, Diego, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. I'm ready. I'm ready for the season. Um, uh, like Ben was saying, I'm ready to get some points there on Sleeper. Looking at the schedule for this week, I have my uh, red zone ready to go on Sundays, so I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, we're going to... Uh... I'm going to be watching the games, um, most likely with some friends on Sunday. I think we're going to start around noon and uh, probably watch at least the first two sets of games. Uh, I don't think I'll stay for the Sunday night game, but stranger things have happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's week one. So, um, all right. So we've had, uh, we were going to do the judgment episodes um, this past weekend because I had a four day weekend and, uh, it didn't work out uh, to get those done for the uh, redraft leagues, but we are looking at an alternative um, so that we can go over some of the teams on an episode and just kind of pick our favorites, uh, pick one, you know, pick one or two teams that we think might be a sleeper in each league. Uh, so we're trying to put that together and uh, we should hopefully be able to get that out next week. Um, so sorry that we're not able to do it. Uh, it's a, it's a time thing. Um, it's something that we really enjoy just, Unfortunately, did not work out this year. Uh, so we'll jump into some uh, week one news. We had a very uh, interesting piece of news pop up this afternoon. So Travis Kelsey uh, has a hyperextended knee that he had in practice today. Um, Kansas City plays Thursday night against Detroit. So... Obviously, we get to monitor this, but I'm kind of, depending on the severity of it, which we don't have a whole lot of information yet today, uh, you're going to have to watch him. I, I don't know that he's going to play. I don't know that they really want him to play, uh, if it's something that they could rest him for a week and have him back. So Let me, uh, Steve, let me add a little bit there, because I saw coming in, MRI came in clean. So they're thinking the AC, they're seeing the ACL is fine, which was the biggest fear, of course. Um, but they still don't know if he's going to play. It's just uh, too quick to Thursday, saying uh, his his knee is, is sore. They they got to wait. Um, so that's kind of where we are right now. Like you're saying, waiting to see what's going to happen. Yeah, but that's definitely good news um, that the MRI came back clean because it was a non-contact injury. So there's there's always that fear. Uh, when something like that happens at MCL, ACL. So that's good. Um, if Kelsey doesn't play, uh, and I know, Ben, this this is going to affect you a little bit in a few leagues. Um, I obviously took Kelsey in the Scott Fishbowl at 101, so my season's over. I'm, I'm handing in. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if I'm going to bother setting a lineup at this point. <laughs> um but in your leagues, Ben, where you have an opportunity, because I know uh, Noah Gray's on waivers in some spots uh, in Dynasty, or you know he could probably be traded for relatively cheap. Are you looking to go after him at all, or are you looking at other options? Uh, I think you could tell from my trade offer that I'm willing to go after him, but not for much. Um, yeah, like I have him in... EDL where I'm defending champion. I'd, I'd like my season to go really well again. Luckily I have Kittle there too, so I can throw him in, just find somebody else to throw in the flex instead of Kittle. Um, 
And then I think they only have one more share actually of Kelsey this year and it's in a best ball league. So I can't really do much. I have decent tight ends outside of him. So I think there I'm okay, but there are other leagues where I'm hurting at tight end where I'd like to go take a shot at, at uh, gray and put some claims in tonight to see if I can snag him and get a spot start out of him um, on Thursday. Yeah. Um, so I'm a, a I'm a fan. Um, he's got pretty decent hands last year. He had almost 299 yards receiving last year. Um, I think it was quickly looking it up here. I know he didn't have a lot of catches, but he had. I have 35 for his career uh, regular season. Yeah. He had 34 targets last year, 28 receptions. Um, and he's like to, like you said, Diego, 35 receptions for his career on 44 attempts. So he doesn't miss a lot of passes, doesn't drop a lot of passes. Um, he just hasn't had a ton of opportunity. But his yards per catch last year were 10.6. Um, yards per throw were 8.7. So he's getting open in the same general range as what Kelsey is. So I would expect – and when you know when when he was coming out of college and you were drafting him, you were expecting him to kind of come into that same you know ten yards, twelve yards role that that Kelsey has. So uh, I, I think he can potentially be somebody if you need him to uh, on the short term uh, until Kelsey's gone. Uh, Diego, thoughts on on Kelsey and where to go? Uh, if you need a tight end this week. So it, it depends on what you're playing. I think for, you can go after Noah Gray for a hold in, in deeper teams, maybe deeper benches. I would look elsewhere. Um, I just don't see the same type of protagonism out of him when it comes to that offense. I think Kansas will just try to spread the ball a little bit more. Could Tony or, or MVS, uh, you may see some, some of the Justin Ross, Justin Watson, all these guys just, you know, getting a target here and there. And I wouldn't even be surprised if McKinnon starts getting some targets. So not something I would chase. More for a dynasty hold than a redraft try to sub in. You would have to be really desperate, kind of 16-teamer and no one else on the on the waiver wire. Um no, although he could just catch a touchdown, and we know on the tight end position, catch a touchdown and and that's it. You're you're a top what twelve tight end. That's kind of where I'm seeing it right now. Yeah, no, I would agree, and I, I think in redraft there should be other options on waivers, or you you know if you grab a second tight end in the draft, you should have somebody to fall back on this week. So I, I think he's worth a watch in redraft. Like you say, um, he's definitely worth a grab and hold. If, if he's on waivers in a, in your dynasty league, or hopefully you've already got him and we can see what happens. I'm, I'm hoping with opportunity that, uh, you know, he's in his third year. He can, he can kind of start to break out in that offense because they really don't have a clear wide receiver one. Uh, they've got a lot of guys who are just a guy. Uh, so I know people are kind of looking for sky Moore maybe to, to, to step out. Um, we'll see. Uh, next on the list, we've got Sean Tucker, running back for the Buccaneers, and he is currently listed as the number two running back on the depth chart uh, ahead of Chase Edmonds and who's the other guy that they... is? is it, it's Vaughn, right? Yeah, yeah. Rashad White, no? Um, no, so Rashad, Rashad, White is going to be one. Rashad White's first, yeah. White's first. Keyshawn, um, yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn, no? Yeah, yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn. I I completely forgot about him because he's nobody. <laughs> so I I thought this was interesting <laughs> just because Tucker was a high prospect until we heard news that he had some sort of heart issue uh, right before we did the combine, and he immediately obviously dropped off everyone's lists. That's kind of where we landed, but he was cleared medically, and then he's playing again. Uh, he got picked up by the Bucks, and now he's already beaten two of the guys there. It's just two guys. I mean, Edmonds had been a promise that really never happened. Um, 
Vaughn also someone that we picked late in some rounds and then never happened. So this is interesting just because the guy has been working his way up. It could be something. Uh, not really excited about the Bucks offense, but it's either White or him. And Tucker at this point, Dynasty, he should be already uh, in some roster. But if you want to throw a, just a chance at it, you may be able to get him for, for not that much, really. Yeah, he's definitely worth checking uh, to see if he's on waivers in Dynasty, and he's worth taking a look at because if something happens to White or, you know, White's not locked in as the number one. He, he's, you know, he's expected to at least start in that role. He very well could lose it if he sucks. So, and we've seen that happen in Tampa more than once. So definitely worth a, a look. Um because you never know, you know, injury or if, if he just gets the offense a little bit better, Baker likes him a little bit better. I mean, who knows? Because I, I, I do expect that they're going to struggle on offense, but with the wide receivers that they have, I, I still think that they're going to be able to score some points. So, you know, get down. Maybe maybe he's the guy on the goal line, and, and that is definitely worth a flex. Um, New York Jets have announced that they will play both Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook in their season opener. They're going to um, kind of ease Hall back in, coming off of his injury. They don't want him to re-injure right away. Um, so, I mean, that's – I think that's kind of expected, but it, it's one of those things that now that the coaches come out and set up, you can plan. Um, ben, thoughts on, on kind of Hall and Cook and maybe where they're going to be this week? as far as uh, what uh, running back finishes. Perfect. Yeah. So with Brees Hall, um, I think he's going to get your first, second down looks. They're going to definitely move Dalvin Cook in there a lot. He's probably going to go maybe every other drive. They're not going to run Brees Hall into the ground early. Um, I think he'll still be the starter. He'll still be the goal line back. He's probably the one you want to play if you have to play one of the two. Um, but I think for the first stretch of the season, you're going to see a lot more of Dalvin Cook spelling Brees Hall, and that will ease off as the season goes on and Brees continues to get healthier. Um, you'll see less and less of Dalvin Cook, but in the early parts of the season, you could probably play both Brees Hall as your as your running back two, and maybe as a running back two, and Dalvin Cook might make make a flex spot in your roster if you need somebody to get in there. Does it worry you at all starting either one against Buffalo on Monday night? No. Um, the Jets play the Bills hard. They run hard. Um, I'd be more worried playing like one of the wide receivers not named Garrett Wilson on this team just because Buffalo has a pretty good secondary and locks them down. But the Jets run enough, and both of those running backs are good enough that they'll get their points. Um, you're probably looking in like the 10 to 15 points. For Brees Hall, um, ideally on the latter side of that, and Dalvin Cook probably in like 8 to 12, something like that. 6 for 60, something along those lines. All right. Diego, what are your thoughts on uh, that running back core? So I think they're going to ease Brees Hall in. Obviously, we don't know how how well he's doing. Um, I would expect maybe Cook to get the start. And then... Like Ben said, it would just transition over to then Hall actually being the starter and and then Cook coming in. What could be interesting here for us, at least when it comes to to fantasy, is if we could be seeing a a real one-two punch. I know that's a possibility, but I mean, Hall really was just playing hard last last year before the injury. He was he was taking all the carries and just just plowing through through defensive lines. So that'd be interesting. I think he, he'll he be eased in, like I said. So for this game, I would be a little bit scared about playing him. Um, really depends on what options you have there for week one. I think Cook might get most of the work, and then they're just kind of going to see how how Hall fares after a game and if, as, as he starts getting reps and he starts getting really in, in, into the game, see how, how that injury develops or will that recovery develops, right? Um, that's that's kind of where, where I see right now. Yeah, I would agree with you guys. I think you're probably looking at like a 70-30 split this week. Um, and I think that that slowly 
changes over the next few weeks as Hall gets more comfortable with the offense. Um, I do believe that this is a straight committee, uh, even though both running backs, uh, you know, Hall last year w- was carrying a pretty solid workload and doing well at it. And we know what Dalvin Cook's been able to do in the past, but they certainly didn't pay him uh, to be a third down back right now. So I, I think there's a pretty good split this year. Um, and depending on, on how well the, the Jets offense does is kind of going to dictate where they finish. Uh, I think it's potential that they both could probably be inside the wide, uh, the running back two range by the end of the season. Um, this week, I think Brees Hall is probably going to f- be around uh, like a high w- running back three, maybe a low running back two. And I think Cook actually has a chance to be, you know, in that mid RB2, may- maybe even close in on the RB1 range um, with Rodgers there if they can get that offense going. But uh, it's going to be, a, should be a, a pretty tough game against Buffalo. Um, yeah, they, they they have a hard game to start with, but I think their defense is going to give them enough looks, and that's why I think we may have enough volume at least for both of these guys. And that's what I'm intrigued. You know, could we get get something like we had with the Saints a couple of years ago, like one of these tandem, like you said, uh, committees just running one or two, kind of one A one B thing. That's what I'm going to be looking at, um, because it, the Jets are just their defense is supposed to be great, right? So that's going to just give their offense more and more looks. Um, but we got to wait and see. Yeah, they definitely should. Uh, there definitely should be plenty of opportunity for both. Uh, and I do think, you know, that it could be something like what Cleveland had, what the Colts, I mean, what the Saints had a few years ago. Uh, it, it, the quality of running backs that they have, it definitely could be something like that. So uh, I think, I really think they limit Hall this week. You know, he's had some preseason work, but I don't think they want to go out and give him a, a full 50%. So I, I do think they watch his touches and, and see how he goes, but you never know. He might get out and he might be the hot hand and, and they ride him. So we'll, we'll have to see. I was just going to say, I have a hard time think seeing them bothering to activate him after such a serious injury. If he's not ready for at least a 50, 50 split. That's fair. Like they don't need to rush. They got <sighs> Dalvin cook. They still have Michael Carter. They don't have to put him in. I feel like they're only going to play him, especially against Buffalo, where you need him. Like, you want him out there, and you think he's ready to go. Like, I think they're going to spell him a little bit and give him some breaks, but I don't think they're going to go back to, like, 70-30 in Cook's favor. That seems like a lot. It is, but if, you know, depending on how the game's going, and you have – they have, like, seven running backs, all capable. But, I mean, if if Cook's having a nice game – why, why risk getting Hall hurt, you know, when, when you can ride Dalvin Cook? You can put Hall out there for some of the passing work and, and get him contact, get him on the field and, and, and running plays, but you don't have to, you know, put a huge workload on him because it, it's still going to take him some time to get back, you know, coming off this injury. So you don't want to put him out there the first week. And even though, like I said, he's had preseason work, he goes out now he pulls a hamstring and now you're in a situation where you know he's that's going to linger all season long so and it's a very common injury to have after you know what he's coming back from so i i don't think yeah, no, i think I with understand. them picking up cook they don't have to you know put a, a full 50-50 workload on him right away uh so the next thing um the colts have announced that they are going to go with the hot hand approach uh, with their running back core of Deion Jackson, Zach Moss, and Evan Hall. So what that says to me is we're paying Zach Moss, so we're going to say we're going to use him. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really going to be Deion Jackson and Evan Hall. Um, Jackson filled in last year for Jonathan Taylor on – a couple of different occasions and was able to be productive in that offense. Uh, and that was with no real offensive line, uh, no real help at quarterback. I think, uh, I think that that possibility is still there. I think he has a chance to be, you know, a high end running back too. 
for the next couple of weeks, given if they can, you know, get some opportunity. Um, Diego, what are your thoughts on on Jackson and, and maybe this stable of running backs until Jonathan Taylor? I don't want to have anything to do with this <laughs> backfield right now. I get where we're seeing history, looking at their numbers and seeing Jackson, but Moss has been coming back. He's coming back from a, I think it's a broken hand or a broken arm. They're going to give him some reps. And then Hall, he's been playing from the notes in, in training camp, more of a third down back kind of a, a thing. Yeah. So if that takes away from Deion Jackson, that third, that, the third down opportunity, I just look elsewhere. Uh, it's, it's messy. You have a, a an offensive line that used to be one of the best and has quickly degraded. Um, you have you have a a rookie quarterback. Like it, I, I I don't I, I don't want to touch it unless <laughs> there's no other options. Um, I guess that's what I'm saying. Hot hand, right? Who to me that hot hand approach is like we're gonna stick with whatever works approach, more of a thing. So maybe it's one guy, or maybe they just keep rotating them out. Yeah, I mean that's but very possible. It just to me, I can't like you know Jonathan Taylor is not going to be out there. Um, Minshew looked looked fine in preseason. I, I don't know why they're rushing Anthony Richardson out to to get killed when when you know your offensive line can't block. You, you're missing one of your better blockers and a, a nice distraction with Jonathan Taylor on the field. Like it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me what they're doing, but chances are pretty good that uh, with the, with how bleak the running back situation is this year, that you may have to flex Deion Jackson for uh, your redraft leagues. So I'm, I'm confident to put him out there as a flex myself. Um, I'm expecting, you know, 10, 10 to 13 points which isn't spectacular, but that's really what you're expecting out of your flex. So he, he might be a decent fill in for a couple of weeks. Uh, ben. Yeah. Um, no interest in Zach Moss or Evan Hall either um, would be riding Deion Jackson. If you're able to snag him uh, late in the draft, or if you happen to pick him up um, as this week has started, um, the people that should have him are obviously the Jonathan Taylor owners and you're just going to start him until JT's back. But I'm not expecting a ton. If he can get you close to 20 with a touchdown, like you're going to be happy. I'm going to guess that team's not going to score a ton of touchdowns um, via their running backs anyway. So yeah, you're probably right with the 10 to 13. Um, but yeah, double digits would be nice to see. It's a really tough situation to be in unless you absolutely have to go out and get a running back. If you went zero running back and you're pretty stacked everywhere else, he might not be a bad play, um, something to put in, but in most situations, he's either going to be a flex or someone you're going to hold on to and see what happens. But it's not pretty in any in any sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of looking at 50 yards rushing and five catches. You know, four to five targets, four to five catches. He's got good hands. Uh, last year, he had three missed passes. In I mean, obviously not a ton of opportunities, but he had uh, 30 catches on 34 targets. So, I mean, the landscape's pretty bleak. There's not much on waivers. So, I know I have him in a lot of spots, but I've also been holding him since last year in most dynasty places. And a lot of the redrafts, I took him, you know, kind of with my last last round pick or next to last round pick just in case something like this developed with, with Taylor. So, he might still be out there, like Ben said, take a look because – this is this is four weeks. If he goes out and has a good week, you know you, you're you're going to start him with a little bit more confidence next week. So like Jacksonville last last, last year, was yeah, I was going to say that <laughs> twenty eight points. That was so, his game last year with, against Jacksonville. Where he put a bunch of points up. Yeah, so I mean he could he could do it again. Um. So the next the next little bit of news. Uh, Kyle Pitts is not in line for a high target share, according to The Athletic. Uh, Pitts will be the fourth option on the team and has Desmond Ritter in his first year as a starting quarterback. Um, I mean, I don't know. 
I don't know how they figure he's the fourth option. But, I mean, to me, as far as receiving options, he's the second behind Drake London. I mean, sure, you can argue that maybe uh, B. John or Tyler Algier as the running back are going to be the third option or the second option. But, I mean, the the, the talent's there with Pitts. He he showed it in his first year with good quarterback play in, in Matt Ryan. And that was met with Matt Ryan on a decline. Um, last year, Mariota, I, I mean, he would have made Travis Kelsey look like a bum. So I, I don't think that's a fair shake that they gave Pitts for last year. And, I mean, Ritter played decent what little bit he played last year. He, he is really in his first year, but – I I really think that, you know, those short passes over the middle, that Pitts is going to be a beneficiary of that too. So I think the athletic might be a little wrong on this. Ben? It's depressing um, to read things like that and see that someone's putting him down at the fourth option on this team. That's I don't find that is very good at the wide receiver position. I think they have – one really good wide receiver. And then after that, like, yeah, Bijan might be second target. I don't know how he falls to the fourth. Um, I have been moving Kyle Pitts away in some leagues. So this is making me feel a little bit better in that sense, but I don't think this is indicative of how his year is going to go. Um, if you have Kyle Pitts as your starting tight end, you're going to play him. Like you don't really have a choice in most cases this year. Um, but yeah, I, I think he'll he'll do better than most people projecting. Last year, I think, like you said, was kind of shitty with Mariota. Um, not sure he was giving this team the best chance that they could have in the passing offense. And Ritter came in to an offense that had been kind of run down all year. It'd be nice to see if they can turn it around as much as I don't like Atlanta as a Panthers fan. It'd be nice to see this team with all these big name fantasy assets that are supposed to be very good actually be very good. That'd be nice to see. So, um, yeah, it's like I said, it's just depressing. It sucks to see big name, big, uh, big expectations on Kyle Pitts and it fizzling quite a bit just in his third season. So, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something that we'll find out. Um, like I say, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think, I don't think this analysis is, uh, going to be very accurate but we'll know soon diego what are your thoughts on kyle i Pitts think there? you guys are forgetting about mac hollins and that's how you can't get to four that's a problem so you have drake london mac that's hollins forgetting <laughs> then you have each I, yeah I, I i'm not forgetting either against against carolina i mean the, the ritter's not going to have a ton of time to pass so uh, mac hollins isn't going to be able to get down the field and make those catches. I mean, no, so I was uh, like Scotty Miller. Yeah, I was playing the, the, the devil's, devil's advocate for the athletic. Maybe that's where they land. But I think for um, for him, really, the challenge for, for Pitts here is, can he turn around what he's been doing fantasy-wise? Like, he may be doing everything that the Falcons want him to do it on the, on the field, uh, either being a distraction blocking, whatever that may be. The coach had some, some words this week that they want to get him another – things that they need him for football wise, but obviously we don't really care about those things. We care about fantasy points. Uh, last year just wasn't good. If you're a Pitts owner, it was just painful to watch. I think where there's a ray of hope is it was painful to watch Mariota not throw him when he was open or miss him or overthrow him or whatever was happening. So if it really comes down to what Ritter's able to do, and maybe that's where, where he's linked. If, if he's able to really progress this year as a quarterback, then maybe that just raises uh, Pitts a little bit more, and that's where he could become a feasible option. Because when you look at his as his lock from yeah from last year, besides one or two weeks there, like his finishes were just awful. Like there's very little for him to do, and obviously, being fair to him, he got injured, so they paid a lot for him in draft. Um, when it comes for draft capital, both in in the real world and, and in, in drafts in fantasy. Uh, 
sites. I think this is one of the offices that we want to see and see how things change. But also remember, this this is an office that runs the ball that has Bijan, and maybe that's where maybe there's not enough volume for him to even just be something that can be used on, in in fantasy. I mean, it's it's possible. Um, I mean, you you figure he lost seven games last year, six mm-hmm. to the ACL. I mean, to the MCL. Um, but, like, he was getting, you know, there were several games when he had seven or more targets, you know, which is like half of the games he played. But two receptions, one reception, like, that was Mariota. And, and just extremely poor throws and, and quarterback play. Like, he, he's open. You're throwing the ball to him. But not where he can catch it, so... I think with a better quarterback this year, even though he's, you know, considered a rookie, it might be a tough game against a division opponent and Carolina should have a pretty good defense. Maybe they're considering the fourth option uh, because the defense is the third option. I don't know, (laughs) but uh, I do think, I do think uh, in his third year, you're going to, you're going to get some more, uh, some better, Kyle Pitts this year. Um, And then the last little bit of news, Marvin Mims Jr. uh, could be in line to see heavy action with injuries to Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, and KJ Hamler. I mean, I think this has kind of been an off-season topic the last few weeks with, with Judy getting injured. I mean, Patrick's been out since week one of the preseason, and Hamler's pretty much been out since he's been drafted. So there's there's not really much expectation there at this point for me anymore. Um, Judy's a hamstring, so who knows, right? That that could linger all season. Um, and really, after Judy, you've got Cortland Sutton and then Marvin Mims. And, and Brandon Johnson. Yeah, so <laughs> I think Mims, especially early – with, with Judy going to be nursing that hamstring and no real clear option at tight end as to how they're going to use Troutman and uh, Dulcich. You know, I, I think Mims could be in line to see some heavy action. Uh, Diego, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, this is kind of a last man standing thing. I think Sutton will be the first option. Just obviously he's the veteran, been more time in the league, but they just got to throw it to someone. And if something's covered, like you said, the tight ends uh, might be rotating. I think it's interesting for fantasy. Uh, those who drafted him, he's a good wide receiver. Um, might as well just uh, take a chance. For redraft, uh, maybe if you – this is the type of player that I love to to draft in a keeper league just because you can throw him towards the end of those uh, – of those drafts and then see what happens. If you have a, a small bench and then redraft, it might be not worth a shot. Um, but he may also just become one of those uh, waiver wire ads that you just must do week week one after we see those performances. So keep an eye on this. That's what I would say. Yeah, no, I would agree. He's he's another guy for me in redraft that I was taking, you know, late or later. Um, just as kind of a dart throw, mm-hmm. and, and if he works out, great. If not, he's a guy I can drop and pick up somebody else. Uh, ben, your thoughts on the Broncos wide receivers and what we can kind of expect the first couple games? Yeah, I don't think you could have paid me enough money to name that third Broncos wide receiver that's out there right now. Um, but <laughs> I think this is like – Don't let him fool you. Diego's got sleeper up, and he's looking at the <laughs> That's track. fine. That's fine. I would never have guessed. Um, Mims is interesting. He's definitely been flying up draft boards. I didn't end up getting him anywhere because by the time I paid attention to the Broncos passing offense, um, he was too far up on boards for me to even bother. Um, I have been getting a lot of Cortland Sutton because he seems to not be flying up for some reason, but I think that's just the nature of that team. Not a lot of people want to take um, a big name like Cortland Sutton that early, but um They'll take the shot on the guy later. Uh, usually a generally a less risky play, which is cool. Um, Broncos passing offense 
is one of those things that's going to be to be determined. Um, we'll see what happens this year if it plays plays out with Peyton in the first season with Russ, or if this takes a year year or two to get moving. But I don't know. Um, it's a good shot to take late. Someone that you could have picked up maybe on some um, some waiver wires. He might be out there. Dynasty, obviously, it's a nice nice guy to have. But uh, I think Cortland Sutton's still the guy that you want at the moment until Judy's back to full strength. But not a great passing offense to invest in in the first place. Yeah, with the unknown, uh, with how Russell Wilson's going to be this year, and obviously they really don't have a, a backup of note. So if he struggles, he's pretty much going to be the guy anyways. Um, you might be right. I, I I do like Sutton. I, I think he's kind of, I mean, they were looking to trade him. He might be kind of out on that offense. I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I, I want to like Sutton. I, I've liked him in the past. He's one of the guys I like to own, but Willie, he's, you know, hasn't had a decent season since 2019. I mean, he missed 2020 to injury 2021. He barely had 700, you know, over 750 yards. And last year again was, you know, just barely over 800. So two touchdowns in, in both of those two years and his yards per catcher way down. So, you know, hopefully that changes this year with Peyton, but I'm, I'm not sure that it's going to, you know what I mean? So you, you're right. You can get him late and people are kind of sleeping on him. So that where he's going is kind of a decent value or he's or right where he should be going. So there's, there's that potential that you're, you know, getting the number one wide receiver in Denver in like the eighth round. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out this week. Hopefully Judy's back and uh, hopefully that offense looks a lot better and and performs to what we're all hoping that it does with, with uh, Sean Payton. So that'll finish up news. Um, We've got a few injury updates to go over uh, getting into week one. The injury report. Uh, so jump to Zach Moss real quick because we already kind of touched on him. Uh, he returned to practice on Monday. He's on track to play week one. Uh, as Diego said, it's he's been dealing with an arm injury uh, that he suffered in preseason. So they're expecting him to be back this week and be part of that committee. Um, little, little to no fantasy value would be my guesstimation there at least for this week. Um, Cooper Cup is visiting a specialist to determine the next steps in uh, rehabbing his hamstring injury. This is concerning um, a little bit. I mean, obviously hamstrings with wide receivers tend to linger. He's coming back off an injury. Hamstrings, typically the next injury that comes from that. And given his, you know, age at 27, he's, you know, kind of at that sweet spot of wide receivers where, you know, he could still have a couple good years or this could be his decline. Actually, age 30. Just uh, He's really happy that you think he's 27, but he's 30. (laughs) Is he 30? He is, yeah, because he came into the league older. That's what happened. Oh, he came in late. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, okay. Well, that's even, even worse. worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now we're really worried. <laughs> you don't. Now, now I'm completely out. <laughs> uh, you guys finished the show. I've got to go talk to Reed about moving. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. He was he was 29 at the end of the year. So, uh, yeah. So he he's on the other end of uh, of being you know in his prime as a wide receiver and, and the injuries are starting to be there. Ben, what are your thoughts on cup? What are you doing with him? I mean, obviously redraft, you spent a first or second round pick, you know, late first, early second to pick up Cooper cup, you know, and, yeah, if you're, and uh, now, <laughs> if you're a Cooper cup owner, you're just licking your wounds until he comes back. I mean, you don't really have a whole lot of choice. Um, you invested early and 
everyone hoped he would come back because last year when he was playing, he was top tier. I mean, he finished as, I believe, wide receiver 24 last year and he barely played. Um, yeah. So that's good. That's all good stuff. But yeah, at 30, you don't recover the same way you did in your 20s. Um, I can tell you that firsthand. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, not good that it's a lingering thing. Not good that the team has sent him to a specialist or that he needs follow-ups and keeps tweaking it. I mean, personally, I've been out on Cooper Cup for the last few years. I was wrong a couple of years, but last year I was correct. He was he went out. Um, he's just never been super attractive other than the middle of the season when he looks like he's lighting the world on fire. Then I want to grab him, but during draft season, he's never been a name that I'm like, yeah, I got to go get that guy. So I've never paid up the premium, and I'm kind of – give myself a victory lap on that one, but no one wants to see injuries. You want to see this guy play. You want to see competitive football. You want to see big numbers on the fantasy sheets every, every week. So hopefully he can get back sooner than later and help guys that drafted him. But uh, I think it's going to be a slow process and you're going to be watching it probably every week for most of the season, whether he's retweaked this hamstring, whether um, something else comes up, um, Every time you watch him play, you're going to be clutching your seat, hoping that that's not the play he goes down. So uh, good luck to everybody with Cooper Cup in their lineups, and I hope you guys uh, have some backup plans. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Um, it's funny. One of, the, uh, one of the leagues that Sergeant Rock runs, one of the guys posted this uh, earlier this evening, um, 605 fantasy managers in CBA, CBS Sports Leagues drafted Travis Kelsey, Cooper Cup, and, and Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, thinking they had a championship <laughs> squad. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you're, you're looking at late first, early second, and then probably in the fourth round, thinking you got a steal on three guys, <laughs> and you're going to be sitting watching uh, God knows who for for the next three or four weeks potentially. So. Uh, I thought that was funny. Diego, um, tell me about Cooper Cup. Yeah, pretty much Ben said everything when it comes to the injury. You you don't like that he re-aggravated that injury when he was already getting back. That's pretty normal with those hamstrings. But him going to a specialist, not good. So let's put that to the side. What do you do? Um, replacements there. <clears throat> Just because I have, because I do have the, the death chart here up, Ben. Uh, this was not so difficult. So you got Van Jefferson probably switching over to be the wide receiver one. Um, you got the rookie Puka Nakua. Uh, you got Ben Show there, and um, you got the and Tutu Atwell. Yeah, Tutu Atwell, but little itty bitty Tutu Atwell. I wouldn't put my chips on, and then Demarcus Robinson, who I wouldn't put my chips on at this stage either. So I guess yeah. the only guy here is Van Jefferson. I'm not a big Van Jefferson guy. His his build is good, but I just don't think he's anything you know, out of the ordinary when it comes to wide receiver. You could probably look another way, just look at Tyler Higby, just to see the volume should go up for these two guys. Uh, so that's Van Jefferson and, and Tyler Higby. Uh, but wow, yeah, losing Cooper Cup, that's uh, that's the main guy for um, for Stafford. So I And then paying such a high draft pick, uh, yep, I'm sure you could do there. I, 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 if you compare the Kelsey situation with this, obviously with Kelsey, you you already know probably he'll be back in a couple of weeks. But the thing here with Cooper Cups, you don't you really not having heard anything from from McVay, anything from the team. They're still looking at what's going on, what happened. Uh, so that that is a little bit scary because now how do you turn around that that draft? You could always make moves, but ouch. No, it definitely hurts from from where you had to take him. Um, I mean, you know who doesn't have hamstring problems? Deshaun Watson. Just saying. <laughs> maybe maybe they should uh, start looking into his re- uh, regimen for keeping his hamstrings nice and <laughs> yeah, loose. That could, that could lead to some lawsuits, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying go out and be a sexual predator or anything like that. I'm just saying maybe explore massage because. <laughs> there's, there's legal I mean, ways they to go call about out doing his that. specific regiment. So, I, just, I mean, I, I, that's a very messy situation. I don't want to get there, but yeah, no. 
<clears throat> Cooper Cup might be able to use that 12 game break plus the, the regiment to heal up and be just good to <laughs> come back. Um, yeah. I mean, well, uh, <laughs> so at his age, I, I see a PED suspension coming for Cooper Cup next year. <laughs> so you heard it here first. <laughs> it's, it just seems to be what happens. Um, all right. Other injury news. Uh, Joe Burrow is on track to play in week one. Uh, that's good news for Bengals fans. It's good news for Burrow owners, Chase owners, Higgins owners. Um, you know, the team's not really the same without him out there. So uh, the other uh, the other outlying lingering itch, uh, injury news, George Kittle and Mark Andrews are both still dealing with injuries. I believe they're questionable to play this weekend. Um, Diego, what are your thoughts on Kittle and, you know, his his – potential to play this weekend he's always injured i mean that's where we came we all came up with that brittle thing uh his nickname uh i so his injury is, is a groin injury he'll probably try to play through it but it, uh, you start of the season and the guy's already injured um andrews i think it's a little bit more worrisome just because he's trying to get back from it. they're saying he's gonna play but there's there's been a lot of hush hush around what the injury is and what he's dealing with and then from a options perspective, I like what we have in the Ravens a little bit better. Um, with uh, likely, is it? Yeah, tight end there. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of a better option than what you have with with the Niners because the Niners can can spread the ball a little bit more. Um, it's just with Kittle. That's just what that's what's so frustrating with him. I had him in a couple of dynasty leagues, and I just moved him, and he's been offered back to me, and I'm like, nope. I just don't want to deal with it. I, the guy's amazing when healthy. The problem is when healthy, it just seems to be happening uh, less and less. So, and it is his type of injuries are that there's always something with him. That's it's. I'm frustrated. Yeah, with Kittle's him. always banged up. Yeah, always. Um, so, in regards to Andrews, um, it is a mystery injury. Uh, he's supposed to come back to practice tomorrow. Um, which would be Wednesday. They're playing Houston. I mean, I I can't imagine that Harbaugh is really looking to rush him back out there because I don't really think he needs to. I mean, likely last year filling in for Andrews had a couple of really good weeks uh, for, you know, being a, a rookie from a kind of a smaller area. He had pretty decent numbers a couple a couple of those weeks so i think you know you could you could probably roll him out and keep andrews to get him healthy for week 2 when you have a tougher game um ben what are your thoughts so with these guys it's they're always banged up that's how it's felt for a while and i don't think that's going to change i think if you drafted them you kind of knew this was kind of what was going to be coming every week. It's going to be something they're dealing with. Are they going to play most of the times? Yes, they'll play and it won't look like much of an issue until the gate, the day after the game and they both go on an injury list. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not overly concerned with it for either one of them. I think this is just kind of the thing that happens with these guys. They're going to miss some games, but they're too good at, game of football when they're on the field that you don't really care about it after they've put up 20 points for you in the, in the tight end spot. So, yeah. All right. Well, that'll wrap up uh, all of the preseason lingering issues um, that are leading into week one. And now we will jump into the uh, magical world of fantasy football chronicles. So week one, um, that means the first edition of the Daily Prophet will be coming out tomorrow, which would be Wednesday, uh, with uh, first goblet matches. The goblet of fire matches will all be uh, fresh for this year. Um, 
been working on some of those today. I'll finish up on them early tomorrow morning to get that out. And Katie has prepared some uh, extremely difficult questions for us for uh, the first week in the uh, Weasley's gambling booth. So let's jump right into the first question. Uh, it was going to be Travis Kelsey, but with the uh, potential injury, it, we've changed it around. And uh, the first question is going to be, Amon Ross St. Brown has the, the most fantasy points among all non-quarterbacks in the Detroit versus Kansas City game on <laughs> Thursday night. Diego. <laughs> uh, no, I do whatever Ben does. You got to remember, that's how this section goes. I do what Ben does. Okay, so uh, St. Brown has most fantasy points. Hmm. <sighs> This is very difficult. I'm going to say false. Um, All right. I I don't think he'll be the the guy that they go to for everything. And I still think I still think the Chiefs win this game. Actually, even without Kelsey. All right, Ben. I mean, I guess now it's the Ben does whatever Diego does game because I was also going to say false on this question. <laughs> um, we can alternate every week. Chance Travis. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Uh, there is a slight chance that Travis Kelsey plays this game, and I think if he plays, he leads this category. But there's also the chance that just two a, a running back finds the end zone twice, um, yeah. or a tight end gets in there and St. Brown doesn't. Um, the field in a game that I think will be relatively high scoring with pretty decent offenses, like one very good offense and one pretty good offense, Um the scoring should be pretty high, so there's lots of opportunity. So yeah, I'll I'll go false and give me yeah. the field. And just watch one. watch McKinnon catch two two patches two passes and and just you know mini passes yeah, and put him okay. in to touchdown. Exactly. Yeah, two catches, ten yeah. yards, two touchdowns. Falls in for a third <laughs> running, and it's just like okay, that's it. Like he, that's what he does. No, I know. I would agree with you both. Um, when it was Kelsey, I was taking True on this, and now that it switched to St. Brown. Uh, I'm going to take the field and I'll take a false on. And now we're labeled as Sam Brown haters. There you go. (laughs) No, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't put that hate on me, Ricky Bobby. (laughs) No, I I like St. Brown, but like you say, uh, McKinnon could catch two short touchdowns and you know, that puts him at 15 points. So it's in what should be a very high scoring game. There's a lot of opportunity for, you know, seven other players, eight other players to have a better game than him. Um, and, and that doesn't mean he's going to have a bad game. It just means that, you know, potentially somebody else is going to have a couple more points. So I definitely would take the field on that one. So the next question, question number two, is uh, Baker Mayfield more or less passing yards than Kirk Cousins? Ben? Uh, less. A lot less. Uh, Baker Mayfield's good for like 120 yards in a game uh, since he got hurt back in Cleveland. Um, Kirk Cousins is good for close to 300 or more. Give me Kirk Cousins all day. Last week, uh, last year, week one, Baker had 240 yards passing for the Panthers, and uh-huh. Cousins had like 270. So it was actually a little closer than you would think. But uh, Diego. Are you are you doing what Ben does? Yeah, no, I'm going to take Captain Kirk. I'm a Kirk fan, man. He's like, I don't know. I like him. You guys watch the watch the Netflix show. I just like his his quarterbacks. Yeah, quarterback. I, I haven't watched it now. Very professional guy. Like he may not be like this great talent, but like he puts in the work. And uh, Baker just uh, high hopes, but just a guy just can't seem to get things right. I, I don't know what it is. I, no, this one is easy. I think uh, I'm going to take uh, Kirk. So Baker has less than Kirk. Yeah, Baker would be less. All right. Uh, I'm going to also take uh, Baker will have less than Cousins. Uh, I just think Cousins and, Je- and Justin Jefferson are, are going to have a pretty big game. Um I think it'll be a little closer than Ben does as far as the yardage, but I, I do think Cousins comes out on top. Uh, Saquon Barkley, more or less total yards than Tony Pollard. 
Diego. And this they're playing each other, right? Head to head. They are. Yeah. <clears throat> that yeah, each one of these are playing each other. So Baker's playing uh Tampa's playing Minnesota. The Giants are playing the Cowboys. Wow. This these are difficult. <laughs> um so I'm going to go to my rankings here and I'm going to say Saquon has more yards than Tony Paul. And that's just based on rankings because I have Barkley on here. I really don't know what else to say. Okay. I mean, yeah, it, it, total yards of so passing and rushing. Um, ben? I think – I don't know what Steve's doing on this one, but we might be going three for three of unanimous. Um, also taking Saquon Barkley, not overly hyped on Tony Pollard. I think they're going to pass the ball more to their other options. I think he'll get all, a lot of the rushing work. But I think total yards, I think Saquon's going to take this. I am also taking more on Saquon. Um, division opponent, they always play each other tough, even first game of the year. Um, I think Barkley's the more established running back and could arguably be on the better offense. Uh, Stefan Diggs, more or less receiving yards than Garrett Wilson. Uh, give me give me more for Stefan Diggs. I think the Bills offense still has a lot to prove. Um, I think they're still chasing after um, the Chiefs, and they're probably chasing after the Bengals. They're going to want to come out firing, especially against Aaron Rodgers and this new Jets offense. So I think, and I think Diggs is going to be a big part of that. He wants to prove he's got that big money that he wants. So I think, yeah, I think Diggs comes out and puts up a big number this week. All right, Diego. All right, this is the first time we split. I'm going to take uh, Garrett Wilson in this one. So Diggs will have less than Wilson. Uh, I think Wilson will benefit um, just a lot from having Rodgers throwing him the ball, and I think you're going to see that on this game. So I'm going to take Rodgers and Wilson in this one. I am also going to take um, Garrett Wilson on this one. I, I think for the same reasons you said and, and what we talked about with Dalvin Cook, and Brees Hall earlier in the show, that's going to open up, um, you know, a lot of opportunity for Wilson. And, and Rodgers has something to prove too. So yeah. I, I think he's going to come out and show everybody why the Jets paid him what they did, why the drama took so long to get there. And hopefully, uh, hopefully I wasn't right about it in the offseason. season. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last question. Any rookie player finishes top 12 at their position in week one. Diego. Uh, any rookie player finishes top 12 at their position in week one. I am going to say, so this is a true or false. Uh, I just need to look at something very quickly. Oh, Ben's not going to like me. Uh, I think B. John will be, oh. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. But so that's a true just because of B. John. So he's just going to run over the Panthers. Ben? No, I, I agree. Uh, he was on my short list as well. I also think Anthony Richardson ends up top 12 this week. Ooh, um, lots of running he's going to be doing. <laughs> but Bijan, 100%. The Panthers, I watched their run defense in the preseason, and it has not improved to the level that it needs to. Um, they got run over most of last season, actually the last few years. So um, I think that will continue. And Bijan will have a really big week, end up probably top 10. I am also going to take true on this because um, I do agree with uh, Bijan being most likely the, the recipient of, you know, a decent amount of work. Richardson's also a possibility. And, I mean, you've got three tight ends who are realistically walking into, uh, you know, starting roles and, and – Let's face it, that position doesn't take much to be top 12. So, you know, Kincaid, um, Mayer, and uh, Laporta, I mean, one of them catches a touchdown mm-hmm. in their top 12. Yeah. So, the tight end. Yeah. I, I think, I think this one is kind of a, uh, uh, it should be a, a fairly easy one to make a, make an extra coin on. But, Stranger things have happened. I mean, maybe Carolina fixes their run defense and uh, none of the tight ends catch a touchdown. And that's – I I don't really think any of the wide receivers – 
I mean, Gibbs could have a good week too, though, in Detroit. So there's plenty of opportunity for plenty of rookies that are going to be starting this week. Um, and then the last item that'll be in your daily profit is uh, the special items start week one this year. And this week's special item is the liquid luck. Uh, so you get two, two coins for correct answer. You lose two coins for an incorrect answer. Um, it doesn't cost you any coins to actually purchase the special items. And the, the question for that is, which team starts 1-0? and And you're able to choose from the entire list of 32 teams. So, Ben, who would your choice be in this? Uh... Yeah, so my first question is, are you holding me to this as my choice for this event? No. <laughs> can I change my mind before? No, no. You, okay. I mean, I'm going to give you... an answer that it's what do you a team do, like, that I three, like maybe, as a sleeper yeah. to take. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I'll I'm going to flame you on the next episode if you if you <laughs> <laughs> if you say something here and don't pick it. No, well, I'm going to no, pick, I'm gonna pick give a couple you three. Teams. I'm going to give you three. Um, so this team, I think, has a chance to win their division, let alone just win this game against a divisional opponent. I think the Giants are going to win this week. Start one and zero over the Cowboys. Ooh. I think. The Commanders are going to smash the Arizona Cardinals. That's an easy one. Then, <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one. So that's two. Um, I figure the other easy one that everyone will take is the Chiefs. So I'm going to steer, steer clear of that and take an upset and say the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Niners. Ooh, nice. All right. Diego. All right. So uh, I think the the Jaguars are going to beat the Colts. So going a little bit against what Ben was saying about Richardson having a, a good game. Uh, I was going to pick the, pick the commanders. So can I still do commanders or Cardinals or do I need to just pick others? No, you can, you can pick. Um, Cause I'm also picking Washington. Or Arizona. <laughs> I, I, I mean, to me, I think that's, that's kind of the no brainer decision is whoever plays Arizona this year. Um, uh, if they have at least a semi decent team is, is going to win. Cause Arizona is going to do whatever they can to lose. Yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> Uh, and then I'm trying to pick an upset. Uh, not doing very well there. Um, so I can't find a real upset with the other ones. I'm going to take the Raiders over the Broncos. And right. they're actually playing at mile high, I think. So that's Jimmy Lee now there. Uh, so maybe he's able to beat them. I don't know. Just throwing something on the board. See if it'll stick. Yeah. Definitely could be an upset. Uh, I'm actually surprised that Ben didn't take Philadelphia over New England. That's too easy. <laughs> they play in New England, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, they're, they're playing matter. in New England. Um, I not, mean, it's not December; it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I think Ben's right. Yeah, it, just, it may I'm be just too surprised easy. He didn't take it. <laughs> just surprised. Well, I mean, in Washington, Arizona's not. I mean, come on. I didn't want to take all of the low hanger fruit. I do yours, Steve. Do yours. Uh huh. Um. So. Washington over Arizona, that's going to be my pick. Um, another one for me would be uh, – I also probably would have gone Jacksonville over Indy, but I'll go with Minnesota over Tampa, and I will go with uh, New Orleans over Tennessee. Nice. And I probably, if I had to pick a bonus pick, I would take Atlanta over Carolina. Because <laughs> I also think that Atlanta's going to win their division. Wow, I didn't say that. <laughs> well, in, in the last show, you said that the Patriots would be last in the division. <laughs> yeah, yeah, swept. Actually, I believe was what I said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you are. Yes, I stand corrected. You are right, sir. <clears throat> yep. So, all right. Um, so that's going to wrap up the show uh, for week one. Diego, any parting words? For our listeners. Uh, no, it's just uh, I want to wish everyone good luck. It's it's fun having fantasy again back. Uh, I know we all worked on our teams in Dynasty for a long time, so we want to see them out there. Just uh, just a reminder: Week one may not go your way. Don't panic. Uh, you always have those fire sales happening after week one in Dynasty. Just don't panic. It's a long season, uh, but also don't forget to enjoy it. Uh, that's why we all play it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a huge point. Don't panic uh, after week one. Even a redraft, don't panic. Um, a lot of things can change in week two. You, you know, you've got 
probably four or five weeks. Um, I've seen teams go 0-5 and, and, and turn it around and, and make the playoffs and then win. So don't panic. Uh, do your research and uh, enjoy the oh, games. Yeah, and I and I forgot to plug my, my Sleeper ID because, of course, oh, it did. Yeah. So if you want to talk about fantasy, it's Sleeper. Uh, you can find me as Don Gato. I'm always around uh, a little bit less this week, but usually around there somewhere. All right, Ben, parting words? Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Um, very excited for Thursday night just to sit down after the kids go to bed and watch some football. Um, very excited for Sunday and tossing red zone on. Uh, my phone will be on the charger all day so it doesn't lose its battery life. Um, draft season is over. Stop inviting me to leagues. Um, I'm done. I'm ready for Thursday. <laughs> um, time to relax. Um, if you want to talk about something else, talk about trades, talk about some waiver pickups, uh, somebody you think is, might be big this year, um, you can find me on Sleeper at Rockstar12 with two Ks, two Rs. Um, very excited for the season, and good luck, everybody. Unless you're playing me in a matchup. If you're playing me in a matchup, then no. Good luck next week, not this week. That's, that's important. Then, then good luck yeah, next week. Good luck next week, not this week. <laughs> uh, t- totally unrelated, but Ben's looking for somebody to uh, invite him to a draft for some time tomorrow night, you know, last minute. Uh, anything with a buy-in of $100 or more. Because <laughs> he likes Steve will pay it. Steve will be paying that buy-in. <laughs> uh, uh, you, can <laughs> uh, you can find me on Sleeper at Solinator. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the FF Degenerate. Uh, you can send us a question for the show, comment, uh, ddfffpod at gmail.com. We have our website at www.daydreamingdegenerates.com. You can find us on Facebook. Um, we're also on Instagram. Uh, and we have our Patreon giveaway for uh, the signed Antonio Brown. Uh, Tampa Bay jersey that will be given away at Thanksgiving time. Uh, so that's going to be for any of our Patreon subscribers or Spotify um, subscribers. You can also help support the show there. Uh, $5 donation, and that gets you one entry uh, into the contest. So if you're interested in that jersey, just find us on Patreon or Spotify. Uh, That's going to pretty much wrap up the show for us tonight. Uh, Enjoy the football for week one, Thursday night game. Uh, Make sure you get your Thursday players, Kansas City and uh, the Lions, into your starting spots and out of your flex so that you have the uh, flexibility to move them around if something happens coming into the weekend. And uh, enjoy the football. Good night and good luck.